Persistence breaks down resistance. And you need to continue to persist. And I've been persisting on this model for past 10 years. And, uh, you know, I've gotten to a point where we're ready to go. We were given the opportunity to do the uh, beat out 90 other worldwide water sector companies prior to COVID. I could spend all day telling you all the advantages of, of the things that are going in the water industry. But right now, all it is is a matter of being persistent. And that's exactly what I've been doing. And that's what I continue to do. So today on C-Level, I have Carrie Kelly. He's the founder and CEO of Green H2O. Carrie, welcome. Hey, how are you? Thank you. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm excited about today's episode. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different things that we're talking about, especially during these, these, uh, these times where we're gonna be talking about pivoting, uh, pivoting businesses, maybe how, how you kind of pivoted a little bit as an entrepreneur. Um, and then some of the new, some of the things that you're doing in your new organization, but I'd like to get, I love people's like journey through leadership. So how did you get involved in business? What were some of the companies you worked with? Uh, what are some of the things you did? Give us, give us uh, some backstory on you. Well, I started out in the sales industry uh, back in the 80s, and I found that I wanted to do something on my own. So I decided to do something and put a flyer out and start doing some home improvement. I had some plumbing background and stuff like that. So I started out as Carrie's All Care, and then I met uh, with a lawyer a friend of mine who I did some work for. We incorporated under CRK Properties and started the management company where he helped me with some properties and then we moved from there. And then throughout the 27 years, I've had to change, uh, you know, pivot here and there. You have 9-11, I remember that, that was very dramatic. Uh, yeah. And then the, the financial downfall. So before that, I was decided- Was it 2008? We, was it 2008 when you were in property management too? I started in 93, actually. Oh, wow. So in 2000, this is going through the 27 years I've been keeping the company alive. And in 2008, it was the financial crisis. Yep. And prior to that, um, I kept diversifying. So I was managing, repairing, and then I became a licensed realtor. A friend of mine who, him and I were selling kayak pools, he became a broker. So I didn't want to be a full-time agent. So I just, I hold my license through that because a lot of my clientele were selling their house. I was fixing it. Somebody was selling it. I'm like, well, I can, I can do that too. Mm -hmm. So we, that's how I got to where I was uh, about eight, nine years ago when I discovered that there's a source of potable water that no one's ever taken the time to uh, figure out how much it is. And that's the journey that I've led me to green H2O. So yeah. I'm doing that and I'm a startup right now. We're just getting ready to launch a new program. And, you know, prior to the COVID hitting, I had put in an application with a uh, accelerator to go against, uh, we've had a pre-application with 263 worldwide water sector companies. And out of the 263, only 125 were picked to go to full app pro 2019. And Green H2O was one of that. So we proved the business model. We proved that there's a source of potable water and then COVID hit. Mm -hmm. um, so we were going to have a, a, you know, a gala and in-person things and all that changed. So uh, I've had to pivot the model. And right now we're pivoting to a rewards program, which um, is getting launched. It's soft launch now. And by the end of the month, uh, the beginning of next month, we should have three, four partners right now that are going to be getting funds, donations to their, to their companies. 
So what the, a couple of things and backing up a little bit on, on like on your journey, like when you got, you know, you were in property management and then you became an agent, and then you became a broker, right? You became a broker. And, and, and so in your pivot, what, 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 I, what I see a lot of entrepreneurs do that's a very smart move is staying within that, um, that pretty much what that industry covers, right? So you're doing repairs, that makes sense with property management. Then obviously you might as well just start helping people, you know, uh, getting, getting their homes, uh, you know, to where it could be rented out and then sales with that type of stuff, fixing it up and then selling it. So it makes sense. So what I'm finding that's interesting is now you've, you've made a pivot to, to this company. Um, so, so tell me, tell me, what did you see in, in this, in this, um, the, the, the water shortage space and what, 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 what were some of the things that, that prompted you to actually move outside of, of what, you know, what your core was? Well, the story goes, I happen to be, I live on a, a well system in Baltimore County and I have two air conditioner units. One drips into my sump pump. And I had put a bucket under just curious how much water would be produced. And overnight it was overflowing. Hmm. So the next couple of days I took it to my well water company that, that test my water and said, can you test my well water? I didn't tell them it was AC water because I wanted to know if it was potable. And it came back. They said, it's your well water is fine. Actually, this test is better because it doesn't have as many particulates in it. So I said, well, it's not actually my well water, it's AC water. Oh my gosh. So after that, a client, customer, friend of mine was um, a student and was doing their MBA. And they said, do you have a business plan that I could, a business that you think would work? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, I found that the water in my air conditioner is potable. So then we started on that journey. I paid a, a company to do a 35 page feasibility study uh, $15,000 to do it and found that if we were to collect water from just air conditioner units, just homes, just in 20 states in America. And we're just talking about con condensation though, right? Condensation, Not, yeah. right. And, and in, in 20 states, um, if you collected it and that's all you did, how much water would be available? 19 billion gallons of water every six months. And I live next to a reservoir in, in Baltimore County. It holds 23 billion. Wow. So every six months, 50% of the households in 20 states are producing that much water. And it's just being, usually goes into the drain system or evaporates outside, goes into the sump pump or whatever. So the, that was the first thing. How much water is there? Is there enough to make it viable? And then we built a model around bottling it. And it, over the past 10 years, I put tanks on homes, 55 gallon tanks on my home, my brothers, my clients. In the 10 years that we've been working on getting the model to the point where we're putting tanks on larger institutions, on those tanks in 10 years, in 10 homes, 245,000 gallons of water was produced. Wow. So then, you know, to get the model up, like I said, uh, COVID hit, so we had based the model on collecting from hotels, selling to high water use industries. Hotels went, you know, nobody's there. High water use industry wasn't using the water. So we're, we've pivoted back to point of source for larger places in order to collect it and say, just for a university, for example, here in Maryland, one building produces 275,000 gallons of water in six months. So if we only pulled that water out of the system, typically it goes into the drain system. 
they would save three grand just from not putting it into the waste management. Waste management would save because they're not cleaning clean potable water. Carbon would be offset because they're not using the process to do it. If we use that water to say, um, water the campus with the, the water, then they would then save from buying the water from the people, that's another 1300. So we're in talks with the university, it's winter here now. So yeah. we can't prove that the water will be collected other than from the feasibility study. So going in the summer, our goal is to put the tank on, prove that there's that much water, use it as just that, and they're gonna save six up to $6,000 just by taking the water out of the system and then build, build it up from there. Wow. So, I mean, is there, is there anybody else that's doing this, like using, using condensation or the method? I mean, do you have a patent on this? Like, what, 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 where's the uses on this? Well, nobody else is doing the collection, and no one's multiplied the numbers out. Yes, there are companies that are trying to do a condensation, but the thing is, in order to produce condensation, you have to have energy, use energy. Mm -hmm. This is a wasted byproduct, yep. okay? It's already being produced. I'm in Towson, Maryland right now, on the ninth floor of an office building. I'm looking out at all these apartments that were built. I see over a thousand air conditioners on top of these buildings, which, which based on the numbers is producing hundreds of thousands of gallons every six months. And that's our goal is to find a way to capture it, reuse it, take it out of the waste management system because that'll help from the inundation of the overflows because in Baltimore County several years ago, being in the industry that I already am, they passed code to say you cannot put an air conditioner in your house and have the water drain into the drain system because they did the calculations and realized that they're being inundated. Now, all the older systems aren't, you don't have to take it out of the system, but that's, you know, that, so that that's proof that what I'm talking about is true. So the goal is to be able to, take the, the model we had for instance, Dallas, Texas, take the hotels in six months, if you just collected from 50% of the hotels, 76 million gallons of water is produced, okay? The industries nearby use hundreds of thousands of gallons of water. They're depleting the aquifer. The aquifer is being depleted at a rate. PBS um, did a documentary last year, H2O, the molecule that made us, that states that in the, in the middle states, the ground is sinking at a rate of an inch or two every two years because what they're taking out isn't being replenished due to climate change. So for example, if they're pulling 76 million gallons out, I can produce it at 3.43 cents a gallon. They're paying upwards to 10 cents and they use green H2O water, then there's 76 million gallons of water left in the aquifer. And that's only from the, the hotels. If we were to expand it out to restaurants, standalones, residences, and all that, you're talking hundreds of millions of gallons. That's the goal of Green H2O. Wow, that's that's very interesting. So about the aquifer, so explain explain that for some people that you know aren't really familiar of how, how that Well, the, most of the, the agriculture is in the central states because of the climate. They pull the water directly out of the aquifer. Uh, mining and textile and others pull the water right out of the aquifer. A lot of the battles that were waged uh, are over water. Uh, actually, in California, they're starting to make water a commodity. Yeah. So uh, people in America or anywhere you can turn your tap on don't realize the severity of it. Yeah. So that's another goal for Green H2O is to, is to let people know in America, for example, during COVID, we found out that the Navajo Nation doesn't have potable water. 
if we were to use the water that's, that I have, potable water, that would have solved the problem, uh, along with uh, the Appalachians don't have potable water. So those are all some of the solutions that we're working towards. And that's what the rewards program is starting to be set up for, is to fund projects such as that, along with Green H2O to continue to move the model forward. Hmm. You know, and that, and that's, you know, about the, the aquifer, you know, and that makes sense. I mean, you're hearing a lot of these stories with like sinkholes in Florida. I'm wondering if that's, you know, probably part of that. I, that, I mean, that, that is part of it, but it's mainly in the central states because the agricultural, you know, they drill a well and then they, they water the plants, but the water doesn't go back into the aquifer. So the aquifer is replenished by snow and rain and that, well, now we know that it's freezing cold in Texas, but that's because of climate change. So you're going to have the extreme. So, the, you know, I visited, my wife traveled for work. We visited Utah and California, and I was amazed at all the uh, reservoirs that were, were almost empty. And if you were to start to collect the water that I'm talking about and just fill a reservoir, for example, our numbers state that in, in the past 10 years, we could have filled 210 Central Park reservoirs by now. Wow. So that's where where I'm at and where we need to go. There's a problem and we have a solution. Wow, that's awesome. I I mean I I think that's great. I mean you know and I'm finding um, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are investing in in water type related businesses. I'm finding you know and and it's interesting. I mean it is. I've I've heard someone say it's like the liquid gold, right? It's it's some some people don't think of it, you know. But you know, and I spent a lot of time in California too, and it's like they talk about, um, you know, the the depletion of of the water, like you know, where everybody's, you know, there's nothing to stop that, right? And so I love innovative ideas like this, especially um, you know, ways that can that can kind of help you know, not only help the, the, the country, but help the world. I mean, there's a lot of places obviously around the world that, that don't have uh, water that they can drink. And so um, I, I think this is, this is a really, it's really ingenious idea. I think that's great. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're coming at the top of our episode. Um, if, there was, if there was one piece of, of leadership advice that you would give, uh, you know, a business owner or an entrepreneur, um, especially like when they have to pivot, because you've had to pivot a couple of times, what would that be? Well, I um, was in the car business back a long time ago, and the owner of this company told me advice that I've used since then. It's called persistence breaks down resistance, and you need to continue to persist. And I've been persisting on this model for past 10 years, and uh, you know, I've gotten to a point where we're ready to go. We were given the opportunity to do the uh, beat out 90 other worldwide water sector companies prior to COVID. I could spend all day telling you all the advantages of, of the things that are going in the water industry. But right now, all it is is a matter of being persistent. And that's exactly what I've been doing. And that's what I continue to do. I love that. So persistence breaks down resistance. Continue exactly. to keep pushing forward and you'll break through. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the episode, Kerry. Thank you very much for having me. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, make sure you mash that like button and subscribe so you get the latest episodes. And if somebody else needs to hear it, please do them that favor and share it.